the internet is created by what we do. And that's what's important. Hi there, this is the Community Broadband Bits podcast, brought to you by the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. We decided this week was a good opportunity to bring you an encore performance of one of our earlier podcasts. In September of 2012, Chris spoke with Bob Frankston. Bob's been a leading voice in the computer and telecommunications world for over 50 years. In this interview, Bob and Chris talk a little about the concept of building networks that allow ubiquitous access and the deeper definition of the Internet. How we define the Internet has come to dictate our limits and our expectations. We've trimmed the interview down so you can get back to your hot cocoa. We encourage you to go to episode 14, however, of the Broadband Bits podcast for the entire discussion. Bob Frankston, thank you for joining us on the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Thank you for asking me. One of the things that I thought you could help us understand is when we talk about the Internet and we talk about our communications, um, our telecommunications, we often think about it in terms of going through a major corporation or through a local government. And you think about um, how we can connect using the Internet differently. Can you walk me through that? Any new technology is viewed in terms of the old. Uh, cars originally horseless carriages. You know, new trains switched to diesel. We had all the towers. People kept thinking of things the same way. Uh, so we t- our metaphors for the Internet go back to the telegraph lines. There's another tradition that occurred totally independently when we just uh, we wanted to connect our computers. We just used whatever copper radio wires to exchange packets. And the packet got lost, you retransmitted. There was no network as such. So in that, that's more like the sidewalk. You want to get someplace, you can walk, take take a path. You don't even need sidewalks. They just make it easier. So the Internet is really about the ability to exchange, convert everything to digital and exchange bits. You know, if you think back to the days of Telegraph, you couldn't do that. You had to explain to somebody what the text was in a telegram, and they can barely get that to work. Today... We can just preserve the message without having to explain what we want to say. Right. So we have to start thinking of the Internet. As I said, said earlier, we just use whatever facilities to exchange packets. But it's really the opportunity to become stakeholders. Then instead of relying on a telegraph operator to carry our messages, we can just talk to each other locally. If we, you, know, you think of a, of a tin can of strings, except... We can just, you know, extend the strings ourselves electronically. We don't need somebody in the middle. Right. And once you understand that, all we need, you know, again, to continue the sidewalk analogy, is to hire somebody to basically help keep the bits flowing inside your house. And what I did at Microsoft, uh, the way I say it now, is I gave people control of the wires in the house so they can use it for networking, unlike the original plan where you'd have to pay each month for each PC, and to make the point even more, if you wanted an, an IP printer, which means an internet printer, which is commonly now, you can just put a printer on the network in your house and connect to it. But the real way to think about the – by the way, the hard part for me as I talk about this is language because we have a whole language which assumes that telecommunications service, that there is a physical thing called the internet. Mm-hmm. And there is no. The internet is the way we use the available facilities. Right. We think of it, I think, as very deterministic. And reality is the Internet is sort of this – I think a cloud is probably the right analogy. And things can bounce around until they get where they're going. Am I missing? Am I not understanding well, it's, that correctly? Well, it's actually, it's actually much simpler than that. Okay. 
because people's analogy, you know, at first, the word cloud is very confusing to people. What is okay. a cloud? You know, when it rains, is that a problem in the cloud? <laughs> And, you know, they worry about running out of the Internet as if – because the Internet comes over wires just like electricity. Mm-hmm. But it's very different. We use the wires to exchange bits. It's sort of like you're worrying about running out of the letter E. Okay. So think of the Internet as the alphabet. It's the way we use paper to communicate. It's not the paper itself. So – and that's what makes it so hard to talk about because you can't point to say that's the Internet. When you access the Internet, it's a shorthand for saying we reach, connect to something far away. We don't actually access the Internet. Okay. And, and all these words, one example I used in a talk I gave is Pandora is radio. So, you know, you th- you're technical. So you think of the radio as a transmitter, as all the wires. But because, you know, almost a century ago, the business model of radio was broadcast model, language you confuse the term so when i ask for radio now even at the consumer electronics show everybody gives me a radio station right it's hard to get to the technology so we have to sort of language gets in our way so i need to be very careful so the way i look at it is the term i use is about radical simplicity so if you wanted to basically connect uh, your light switch to a light fixture right now if you want to change that you have to call an electrician punch holes in the wall run a wire mm-hmm. but you know right now i can buy a light bulb which has a radio in it for 30 dollars buy just a switch and all i do is i say that switch sends a message to light bulb light bulb i don't and i could then change the rules it's much simpler i don't have anything you know complicated to do instead radical simplicity now imagine you take that switch now you put in your pocket you fly to china it'll still turn on the same light Mm -hmm. that's the theory the problem is the internet we have it now is still the prototype and unfortunately one of the byproducts of isolating the home is you can't with the current protocols you can't get to that light bulb I need to decide whether you're allowed to get to the light bulb, but you you don't want to say you have no choice. And a good example of it I like is the, in, the internet technologies. Want to be careful allows it to do remarkable things. If you ever watch a recent nature show, you'll see the lions in the Serengeti have collars now. Right. They each one has a cellular phone account and a GPS. <laughs> it's remarkable. But the Maasai warriors in the same area can't connect their cows. Mm-hmm. because of the billing problems technically there's no problem but because of the funding model the business model they're not stakeholders the internet and the cellular all exist to, to uh, take money and give it to shareholders so by being a stakeholder in the community by owning it you now have to do simple things so imagine if farmers contract cows I mean, it won't be romantic. Can you imagine the, the New Western? You know, the cowboys are all around the fire looking at the tablets, tracking the cows. <laughs> and that's remarkably easy to do if they own the stakeholders, they own the infrastructure. It's very hard to do if they're shareholders. So that's why it's about the money, not in any evil sense, but if we choose to fund it and own it like we own our sidewalks, we enable things. If we choose to treat it like the railroad of the robber baron days, then we're beholden to shareholders, and we can only do things that benefit them, not what benefits us.
I've been thinking about this, and we've talked about this in the past, and and it seems to me that we would not expect corporations to take on this model. It depends on the corporations. Okay. There are a lot. There are lots. There are lots of corporations take over the sidewalk fundamentally. You can hire people that'd be glad to work for you and pave the sidewalks. So it's not whether it's a corporation. It's not whether it's public or private. It's who are the stakeholders. So if a city, you know, doesn't really own the sidewalk, it's just part of the city, but. But people get together either through, say, a local cooperative or through a city government to hire people to do the pavement. Right. So it's still a business model. It's just one that aligns incentives. With no sort of proven funding model, we're not seeing, I think, a lot of interests from particular existing telecommunications carriers who don't want to cannibalize their model. Um, we see local governments that are very risk averse, who only want to do something that is going to have a proven benefit and not get any elected officials in trouble. Um, and so I'm curious, you know, here I am in a neighborhood. Um, would would it make sense for us to figure out a way of connecting a number of our houses together and then maybe having multiple internet connections to the wider world that just sort of however we get off of our own local network, we do? Is that is that a first step? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. But overall, what you need to do is get dense geographic coverage. In other words, forget, everybody thinks the internet is about reaching things very far away. Mm-hmm. It's really about connecting things locally, like within a farm or among farms. You know, imagine you can subscribe to a service that can say monitor crops for you or something. Right. So you want to be able to then own the connectivity locally, so you can do it many ways. So the simplest way is to have sort of a co-op, and you know, scenario you have apartment houses. Maybe you can do it in the building, and you all pull your resources and you buy a common connection. Mm-hmm. And you get remarkable economies of scale. So that's that's a very smooth model that starts to expand out. And you're right. Cities are going to be risk-averse for many reasons. But it's re- but remember, cities, especially small ones, are just the people. This is a positive sense of being right. people. <laughs> Not, you know. And if enough citizens realize, just like sewers, at some point, you know, you start out with cesspools. Mm-hmm. At some point, everybody gets together, you know, we should get sewers. So it's going to be a data process. If somebody just came in, you know, from out of town and said, you should all have sewers, it'll be rejected. Why do we need that? But at some point, houses get dense enough, and then you switch the model. So, you, so you're right. You start out very locally. You own your common connectivity. You can, you, one, one way to do it is to pool your resources. Uh, you can also share connection. I mean, if you really want to, it, it, about saving money, you can get access points like the one I have, which allow five different local networks as well as open access. Mm-hmm. So there are many ways... Uh, to start locally among friends, and you know, especially if you have a, you know a few geeks in the community. Well, I think I think a lot of people are worried about reliability. I think they're afraid that if they just go around and set up a few things, it's not going to be as good as if you have sort of union labor and a, and, a, and a call center and all of these other um, components that go with the networks we're used to. Well, that's going to st- start to happen. You, you, but it's like sidewalk. You decide how much effort you want to put in maintaining it. So uh, there are people, companies, I mean, remember, corporations all have their internal networks. They hire people to do it. You can hire those same people to give you local connectivity. And if you're worried, you don't have to get rid of the old, uh, you know, phone wires, whatever, right mm-hmm. away. You can, you can, you know, trans- you can be cautious if you want to. Uh, but remember, the phone network is not all that reliable. We tend to ignore the failures because we don't expect, like the 9-11 emergency. Mm-hmm. You cut one wire, the emergency system is out. 
Right. It's 10% reliable until it gets 0% reliable. <laughs> and, and, you know, same way, remember when early cell phones were very staticky and everything? Yeah, well, we, we still have job calls regularly. Well, we do. It's not as often, but they were so valuable, we worked around them. So if you could deal with failures, you know, it's like a farmer. I'm not going to do this unless you guarantee there are going to be no storms. Right. The more you're resilient, the more opportunity you can get. You know, remember, the downside is not not that bad. You know, I mean, even cable goes out. Right. And I've heard rumors there have been people who survived without TV for an evening. <laughs> not on not on football days, but yes. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> if you really care about football, you get a backup system. You get a satellite plus cable plus the internet just to be safe. Right, and you have to live within a block of a bar. Right. Or else you just drive to the game. Well, you might not even make it to the game. That's really da- driving to the game is really dangerous. Fundamentally, what the first thing that needs to happen is that people need to understand that the internet is somewhat of a, a chaotic environment. It's not nearly as controlled as we exist, as we imagine, and that we can make investments that will work very well because of that. Let, let me put it simply. Everything is chaotic. We, we we just see the illusion. Amazing what you can do with a coat of paint to make everything smooth. <laughs> but the real idea, the internet is what we we do. The internet is created by what we do. And that's what's important. We're in a stage. I mean, the early days, we just did it ourselves as kids in school and, and things. It's become neatly packaged. and It looks really fancy. But ultimately, it's the very simplest thing. And we have to sort of see past all the hype to recognize the internet is actually very simple and it's something people can understand and do themselves. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay. Glad to talk to you. Take care. Bob makes his writings available at frankston.com. Be sure to check those out. We hope you enjoyed this journey back in time. And hopefully if you missed the first airing of our discussion with Bob, this abridged version will attempt you to go back and listen to the extended version. Email us with questions or ideas for the show. You can write to podcast at muninetworks.org. We're on Twitter. We are at Community Nets. Follow us for up-to-date developments in telecommunications. The show was released on December 24, 2013. Thank you to the group Haggard Beat for their song, Laszlo, licensed using Creative Commons. Thank you again for listening, and we wish you a happy holidays. 